The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by the Pure Hookup app. Pure Hookup lets awesome people have casual sex tonight. Download the Pure Hookup app on Google Play or the App Store. Pure, the hookup app that says it's a hookup app. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. All right, what's up, all you woke bays, butch babes, and dead squirrels? Dead, yeah, there's a dead squirrel hole in my apartment. What the fuck? This is Billy Proceda, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Please, someone come fix my apartment. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Welcome to the show if you're new, and you know, welcome back if you're not. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. This week's guest, however, is not one of my former flames. No, this week I've gone on the the very funny Elsa Waith, stand-up comedian and uh, social justice warrior here in New York City, and I can't wait to introduce y'all to her in a bit. But first, show dates, people, show dates. All right, uh, Connecticut, this Saturday, March 3rd, I'm going to be at Comics at Mohegan Sun. Uh, that is the 4.30 p.m. show, so I hope to see y'all out for that. Then I'll be back in Brooklyn on March 11th at Tender Trap at 7 p.m. That is a it's a Keith and the Girl anniversary show, and uh, I'll be doing Keith and the Girl material. So won't be traditional stand up, but I will be there, and it'll be a fun time. I encourage y'all to come out. And for more information on those show dates and more, head on over to manhorpod.com/comedy. And while you're over at manhorpod.com, be sure to get on the mailing list, everybody. If you're on mobile, scroll down to the bottom. If you're on desktop, it's on the right-hand side. Uh, being on that newsletter is the best way to stay up-to-date with all the latest Man Whore Podcast news, okay? You don't want to miss out on big, exciting announcements like Man Whore Con dates, free giveaways, and much more, okay? Again, manwhorepod.com. Sign up for that mailing list. Here's another uh, important date. Today, today's date, uh, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, February 28th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we would be doing another Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout, uh, and there will be way less construction going on in the background during that. Um, yes, uh, the Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout, that's when I like to hang out with y'all once a month and and catch up on how the month's been, what I'm exciting, excited for for the upcoming month, and to drop certain bits of news. I think that covers all my show date things. Yeah. Um, you know, other dates are uh, unknown dates. Like, you know, what the, when the fuck my landlord's going to cover up this dead squirrel hole? Yeah. I've got a shitty landlord who's cheap as a motherfucker. And we've had this dead animal stench, this smell permeating in one of the bedrooms for three weeks. Right. Nearly. Wait, one, two. Yeah. For like three weeks. And. After two weeks of him failing to locate the smell, I located the fucking smell. I put my nose up literally against the ceiling and dragged my nose along a fucking dusty ass pipe and along a ceiling. And I and I located what the you know where the smell was. And then when we put you know when we put a hole in the thing, right there is a dead squirrel. Dead squirrel. A person lived past tense in this bedroom. 
or attempted to live. She had to not live there. She paid rent and then had to like not live there. And for two weeks, she just like had to find other places to live, even though she paid for this place, uh, for this uninhabitable environment. On the morning of Tuesday, the 20th, we pulled the squirrel, the dead squirrel out of the ceiling. And I'm recording this right now on Sunday, the 25th. And that hole is still fucking there. It is gross. And I asked what I thought was super reasonable. I was like, hey, do you guys like mind closing the fucking hole in the ceiling? And they said, no. They said, you will wait till next week before we close that dead squirrel hole. You live with that dead squirrel. Feel the shame of living in a cheap place in Brooklyn. How dare you demand anything? Fucking slumlord, man. There's literally dead squirrel fur hanging out of the ceiling. And I can't. And and so this poor woman who was renting the room moved out like a week ago. And I can't I can't show the room to a new roommate to take the room with a fucking hole in the ceiling. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. I got a bathroom that's been under renovation for four months. Uh, it's been unusable for a year. I've got all sorts of fucked up shit here. Um, shit's getting real in Brooklyn, people. Billy ain't happy about it. Ain't happy about it. Here's what I am happy about. Man Horcon is looking to be a fucking blockbuster event. Not quite Black Panther level blockbuster. You know, we can... $200 million opening weekend is not necessarily something I can aim for. However, I mean, tickets have been on sale for one week. We've already sold 19 weekend passes. Manhorcon isn't until August. This thing's going to be big. You're going to want to be a part of it. But I understand some people can't afford to travel out to New York City or can't afford a, a weekend pass, can't afford to put themselves up in this city in a hotel or anything. And so that coming to Manhorcon may not be feasible. I also know that I have many listeners who can afford not only for themselves to travel out here, but they could afford to get someone else. So that's why I'm setting up a Man Horcon scholarship fund. Yes. Okay. So for those of you, for my listeners who are on the wealthier side of things, maybe those of you who uh, benefit from the recent tax reform plan over the long term. You know, any any y'all one percenters, hey, I'll even take the top 10 percenters. If you would like to assist in a uh, less financially well-off person attending ManhorCon, shoot me an email at manhorpod at gmail.com. I am taking donations. I will be putting this together. So if you can contribute 10 bucks, if you can contribute 100 bucks or a plane ticket, whatever you want to pledge, shoot me an email and I'll let you know how you can make that happen. Let's send a lucky listener to Manhorcon who otherwise would not be able to. And of course, you can get your weekend pass to Manhorcon at manhorpod.com slash tickets. Oh man, it's going to be exciting. What what am I going to do? I, I got to imagine we're going to have a shit ton of people. So I got to figure out something fun to do. It's going to be a blast. All right, before we go on uh, to this week's guest, Elsa, I want to, uh, I've got a bit of an announcement, but I need a special guest to help me announce it. If you all remember way, way back when I had on a a gentleman named Dylan Birdsall who made a documentary called V-Card. So the film is out. It's it's ready. It's completed. It is now making the rounds. Here to share a uh, a fun announcement about V-Card is my now roommate, Dylan Birdsall. Hi. Yeah, we live together now. Yeah. 
<laughs> See, making movies really does create connections. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, right across the hall from me, he lives. Uh, which, how, how is that? I know I'm loud. Uh, yeah, I mean, Billy, you have sex quite frequently, as you know. Congrats to you uh, as for that. It can get loud. It's loud. The walls are very thin. I believe Billy was talking about how bad our apartment is sometimes. So <laughs> I, I hear every thrust, but you're doing a good job. So oh, thank you, buddy. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Well, tell me about tell me about VCar. What's going on? So yeah, we, guys, we um, I don't know if you heard the podcast that me and Billy did a couple of years ago now. God, it's been what two years? It's probably did, been a couple of years since we actually since, did it. Since we did that podcast, but um, I, I finished the film. Uh, we just got accepted to our very first film festival, which is right here in New York City, guys. Which is fantastic. We got accepted to Cinekink, which is amazing. I am so excited for this festival. It's um, a festival really devoted to people who would love your show. It's a festival devoted to sexuality and how we navigate sexuality. It's for LGBT. It's for trans. It's for everybody. It's for virgins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, we'll be premiering there on Thursday, March 15th. Why Remind people who haven't heard your your episode, which is episode 128. Uh, Those of you who haven't heard the episode, tell us like one or two lines. Like what is your documentary about yeah absolutely so the documentary follows me over the course of a couple of years while i tried to date in new york city as a virgin um i was very upset about being a virgin like i hated being a virgin i was very uh, down on myself about uh, about that and i wanted to explore why i felt that way so i thought the smartest thing to do was interviewing sex therapists and porn stars and comedians and other people in my life about how they lost their virginity and about how I could maybe lose my virginity. It was, uh, it's definitely changed who I was as a person and, uh, it's finished now, which is amazing. So that's fantastic, dude. I've been, I've been excited. Uh, I remember going to a screening. What was that last year? Yeah, that was our, that was our test screening to like, see if we needed to like edit anything out or like fix some of the stuff, but is uh, the final version pretty much that, or did you have to do a lot of tweaking? It, no, it's basically exactly the same. We got a lot of really fantastic feedback and, and the notes that we got, uh, none of them were like really able for us to fix because sure. we made the movie for uh, almost no money. Like it was a very, it's, we made it with two people sometimes, three yeah. at the most. And, uh, so yeah, but all the notes we got were super positive. So we, Tweaked a couple things here, maybe trimmed a little bit uh, out there, but overall the the movie. Am I still saw, in the little I'm of in? Of course, still yes, in? the little that you are. You said we trimmed some things. It's like, oh, I was very trimmable. No, <laughs> Billy, you you are still in it. Absolutely. Technically, I am technically you, all seven still seconds in of it. you are. 100% Is it a full seven? It. it felt like less. <laughs> I know it feels like less, but no, I think it's about that long. I took my girlfriend. I took Paige to the screening and my ex, um, and I was like, oh, I'm in this movie. I don't know how long I'm in it for, but I'm in it. He says, and then I found shows me and it's like very very short in your defense i was not very good the day that we we filmed it uh but i Paige had to like pretend to be happy for me like oh my god you're in the movie kind of i guess um she's very supportive you're definitely in the movie and it's also one of those things where i don't know if a lot of people know about filmmaking but like documentaries like the amount of footage that we get to the amount of footage that we put in is it's a ridiculous ratio so we have like over 100 plus hours of footage and the movie's only 86 minutes long so for sure just kind of put that in context so can you share like are you still a virgin Uh, i don't think i can let's just say that i don't want to give away the ending doesn't want to give away the ending i'm just saying like maybe after the film like actually comes out like we're doing the film festival circuit now and then like as that kind of goes out i'll talk a little bit more about my experience afterwards but like 
Just go see the movie. Go see the movie. And where can people go see the movie at Cinekink on March 15th? So we're going to be playing at the, um, I believe it's the Anthology Film Center. The Cinekink website will have all of this information, plus tickets that you can buy. There are also passes... Um, for the whole like festival. yeah for the whole festival it's a it's a but you four- can also just buy a ticket just to see yours yes absolutely you can just buy tickets uh, for individual films like mine or mm-hmm. you can buy a festival pass which will allow you to get into some kink related parties as well there's uh i know the after party is being held at bowery bliss for any of you uh swingers and uh, kinksters out there um but we will be playing uh on thursday march 15th um at 9 15 p.m p.m at the um i believe all the films are being done through anthology film center which is on uh 32nd and 2nd yeah so for any information go to cinekink.com that's c-i-n-e-k-i-n-k.com i'll put a link in the show notes uh dylan congrats on getting into the first festival absolutely and thanks uh, thanks for you know thanks for dropping by thanks for having me on the show all the way across the the hall for me but keep up the good work thanks guys uh and if you want any more information just follow me on twitter facebook all those good places I'm which sure is vcardfilm.com you can get all the access through that one website fantastic now get the fuck out of my room dylan i know you've got to talk about squirrels and boundaries shit. <laughs> dylan who almost who almost i think did you almost watch me get blown by my ex or did you like did you have to leave was that a thing where i kicked you out or i forget no, what happened you were so close to fucking her and then yeah. she, her friend needed to go get cigarettes and it just R- right all of that for us. well i also don't know that i'm comfortable fucking in front of you that is a whole different thing i feel like we're getting it i yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> there's anybody out there who wants me to watch voyeurism dylan's happy to come watch you fuck <laughs> just let me know okay. <laughs> tweet at him <laughs> at vcard film hey you want to watch me fuck <laughs> i'm very proud of him for getting that in there all right before my guest one more thing it is that time of the month where i want to tell you to hashtag pay for your porn uh every every month this year 2018 i am paying for some porn i'm gonna tell you about it uh this month i've chosen trench coat x which is a website uh, founded by and run by Caden Cross and Stoya. Actually, it was recommended to me by Jessica Drake. And if you don't know who Jessica is, well, then you are missing out. Uh, Reading from their mission statement, they say, we believe in high quality product, fair prices for the consumer, and fair pay for the people who work for us. And I got to tell you, the quality is insanely good. And their series, uh, their videos are great. They have like a lot of series. So it's not just these one-off videos it's not like oh here's some chick who's gonna fuck a bunch of cocks it there's like there's themes there's plot there's storylines that you can follow episode to episode i fucking love it or even the one-offs are super hot like i gotta recommend if anyone is gonna watch anything on this website you gotta watch the, it's a series called delicious and there's one video called taste the rainbow and let's just say it is the hottest glory hole porn I have ever watched. And it's super fucking colorful. Uh, that If I did recommend one video, it is Taste the Rainbow. Uh, it stars Brett Rossi and a lot of colored cocks. So really cool website. I like that you can download. I didn't know that this was a thing with porn. Maybe you don't know this. A lot of like websites seem to be like offering you downloads. So you pay for a membership and then you can actually download videos from the website 
for when you're no longer a member. So like I can watch Taste the Rainbow after my membership lapses for as long as I fucking want. And I think that's amazing. Uh, just what a fucking deal. Their membership fee is uh, is super reasonable. And for that, not only do I get access to all the videos on the website, but I can download a good chunk of them over the course of a month and keep them for forever. So that's my uh, that's my pay for your porn recommendation this month. Trenchcoat X. You can find them at trenchcoatx.com. And now for this week's guest, Elsa Waith. Uh, Elsa Waith is a stand-up comedian here in New York City. Uh, she's also super, super activisty, like very well known for being in handcuffs on newspaper front pages. And uh, Elsa comes on. I, I'll tell you, this is not our sexiest episode, and that's fine. I like that. I like switching it up. We are talking about oppression. We are talking about race. We are talking about gender. Uh, I would say that the first half of this episode is super social justice oriented uh, regarding race and racism and privilege. I would say the second half uh, talks a little bit more about how Elsa met her fiance, uh, which is super adorable. If you're an activist, I feel like it's the perfect activism meet cute. The second half is is more about like, you know, bad dates and and meeting a fiance and gender and masculinity and butchness. Just a lot of great stuff going on. I I can't, I couldn't begin to adequately introduce Elsa, so I'm just gonna say let's just talk to Elsa Waith. Oh, uh, our podcast, too spicy, uh, too uh, too spicy. The, it's um the things that I tend to get banned from Facebook for. <laughs> so we talk about the things that get banned from Facebook. The things are not community uh, standard friendly. Yeah. So we 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 started the podcast basically because I was banned from Facebook and and Heather lost her job. Okay, and so we just needed like some things to do. So I was like, "You want to do that podcast we were kind of talking about?" And so I'm like, "Yeah, sure." I feel like that's how about like a third of podcasts get started. Yeah. Well, sorry, we we need something to do. Someone lost a job. Exactly. Let's do a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was I just got my third month long Facebook ban. Yeah, so, yeah. What'd you do this time? I, well, I was, I was. I, last, Which white man did you offend this time? <laughs> all of them, apparently. <laughs> last year, I got banned four times from Facebook. All of them being thirty day bans. So every time I get banned now, it's going to be a thirty day ban every single time. Um, and the the first time, I couldn't even under, I didn't even understand why, um, because it was a post from like months and months and months ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I just I just suddenly had high traffic on my Facebook or whatever, and then out of nowhere, they were like, "Hey, remember this post from like August? Yeah, you got it. This can't stand." Um, and so then it was a thirty day ban for that. Uh, then I come back again, and this was around um prom prom season or okay. whatever and there's all these pictures of of uh men holding shotguns next to their daughter and their prom date right and i says the reason why this this type of photo is so popular is because men know that other men are trash and so this is funny yeah to them i was like but really it's it's not when you look past what it's happening here it's not funny um, My dad's version of the of the shotgun, uh, since I was in North Jersey, was just a golf club. Golf club, <laughs> right? And so, so I thought I got banned for the the uh, 
the shotguns, the, fo- the the guns in the photo, maybe it was threatening or violent or whatever, but it wasn't until months later when the whole like hashtag men are scum thing came out mm-hmm. that I realized like, oh, it was the it was the men are trash part right. that got me banned or whatever. Then I made a joke another time about like, I don't know, I was on an argument on another post and I just realized maybe I want to get off of Facebook. So I made a joke. I was like, you know what? I'm ready to get banned again. So <laughs> deport all white people and men are trash. <laughs> And, and that got me banned. And I was like, damn, a joke about getting banned got me banned. And then when the men are scum thing, I joined in on that. And I was like, I just want to let y'all know that this is going to get me banned. Like yeah. everyone else is going to get their post pulled. I'm going to get banned. And then I got banned. Yeah. I did the, I did the same thing. Mine just got pulled. pulled yeah. Uh, but you know, things go well for, there's, <laughs> well, there's also a, a escalation. So you'll get post pulled for a while. Uh-huh. Then you'll get like a 24 hour ban. Okay. And then you'll get like a three day ban and then you'll get like a week ban. So I've been banned and pulled enough to where now it's just 30 days. Every time you Go should to- write a book on getting banned on Facebook. If you want to, there's some, like on how to yeah, get banned. If you want to, there's, you know. a, there's a couple of surefire ways. Uh, you can't talk shit about guys. Can't talk shit about white people. Uh, uh, but you could be a Nazi. Be a Nazi. <laughs> you can be a Nazi. You can tell so. women to go get raped. You're yes. allowed to do that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got, um, I just got, I got some screenshots actually of some yeah. some guy talk about he was gonna rape a chick with a knife or whatever, and then I was just like, hey, I just want to let you know you've got your employer listed, and I'm screenshotting this. And so. and did anything happen? And from then he it? blocked me immediately. <laughs> did, did did you send it to the employer? Uh, well, apparently he hasn't been employed at that place for uh-huh. a year. Damn. But uh, yeah, no, it's really funny because somebody sent me some hate mail. One time, and I just, I just posted. I didn't realize I had a hive. I got a, I got a, I got a beehive. Yeah, right. Like I got a, I got a Beyonce style beehive. I didn't realize I had one of these things, but um, I just someone sent me some hate mail or something talking about they were gonna send me a noose. I know what to do with it, Uh right? So I just posted it up on Facebook or whatever. Within like ten minutes, everyone had this guy's information and was posting it underneath me. And I went to like search this guy's name again, and you know how Facebook will tell you. how many searches something has mm. he had been searched like a thousand times or whatever so i screenshotted that and sent it back to the guy i was like "Ooh, you should hide your name next time you you send me hate mail well you're you're very popular you're a popular gal in the I'm world popular, uh, people <laughs> I, I just you know you get in your own bubble and you don't realize it mm-hmm. you know we were me and my partner were doing our podcast for a while and i was purposely not tuning into the feedback or whatever for a little bit just because we just want to get the episodes out we just want to talk we just want to get the episodes out and and, and talk about the things we want to talk about and i don't want to it's too early for me to be hearing feedback right uh but then i check back into the feedback and not only are my friends listening but my friends friends are listening and there's ratings and and reviews i'm like okay oh we're doing a thing like (laughs) it's nice to know oh like someone's listening someone is listening that's good and purposely, was just gonna we just we just want to talk into the void and just see what happens, and it's going well. So I'm actually a little proud of myself. Yeah. Well, so thanks for coming and talk to me today. Thank uh, you. Thanks I for know, having me. I know you were a, a little skeptical at little first. Hesitant. I think uh, I think I reached out to you like months ago, and then you were just like, I don't know. And I think the main my main note for you was like, why are you skeptical of me? And I was like, oh, all right, that's fair. That's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I laughed at that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I just I don't know what white guys to trust these days. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good. That's a smart move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's a little self preservation. And um, my my partner accidentally wound up uh, on the Gavin McGinnis 
podcast. Oh, uh, that ago. dude is he like a serious kind of shithead? Yeah, he have a big a, ugly avro? Yeah, 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 he's a bef- well before the the he's he's the head of the Proud Boys. That's the Western okay. Western chauvinists, and they're they're all the what boys? Proud Boys. They they have their headquartered right here in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Proud Boys. Uh, they're it's it's a it's a cult. Uh, <laughs> they're all um. They're all Trump supporters. They're they're bringing back Western chauvinism, um, and it's it's like a it's like a fraternity without the college. Oh man, yeah, you got to get a you got to get a rooster tattoo or a Proud Boys tattoo or whatever. But this Gavin McGinnis guy, he was the he was a he was a men's rights activist before all those guys uh, morphed into the alt right. Okay, um, and so about uh, three three or so years ago, my my um. He approached my partner while she was uh, doing uh, her sticker project. She's got a sticker project, which has later morphed into a, a it's now a full-fledged uh, conference. It's called Confronting White Womanhood. But the part of the sticker project- Oh, that is very different than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, she's got a, it was at the, it was at the women's march or the women's conference or whatever. And it's all about making white women a little less white women-y. Yeah. You know? um, but she was walking around, I don't know, Greenpoint or Williamsburg or something. And she was posting up the stickers with the, the, before the, the, before the white confronting white womanhood project, it was just a sticker project. And the stickers were from one white person to another. And then it was just sort of, you know, um, you're, your experience is not universal or, you know, um, uh, white, white supremacy hurts us all. Yeah. Things like that. Right. And he, he found her uh, putting up these stickers and, uh, Tr- sort of like you know charmed her into being on the podcast oh, hey what interesting thing never right. like a positive yeah. adjective but just things to be like oh yeah just yeah 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 exactly come on my show and then he uh and then he got her on the show and just was the most sexist the most racist and then the end of it uh was like come back so i can fuck you on the desk or whatever right and i was mm. like if i ever see this guy i'm gonna fucking kill him <laughs> but uh he uh this was one of his more popular episodes because he gets to take down the raging feminist or whatever. Wow. And um, I had to spend months screening her emails and her and her um, her tweets. Like she didn't even really use Twitter that much at the time. But her um, the funniest thing was there's like two other Heather Marie Scholes on okay. on Twitter, and they were catching her hate mail too. And, she, and oh. like <laughs> and they're like, why does everybody hate us? <laughs> like so um, that was actually kind of funny. <laughs> but uh no it was just some of the most uh gross shit so I, I i get a little weary sometimes when people ask me to be on their podcast because it's just like who listens to your podcast who's on this well yeah, yeah. There, there's like there's that factor always yeah. of just like well i mean like am i gonna someone once asked me to do a show that was like in i don't know fucking uh a bay ridge yeah and i was like i don't know dude, like look i don't care doing someone's show if like 12 people are gonna hear it but don't i don't want to travel two hours Right. Uh, I live in Bushwick. That's just an impossible commute. Right. Uh, but then there's the other factor of just being weary of like what the intentions are. Yeah, exactly. So I, now, uh, are you open to say something that's more argumentative so long as you know that's what you're getting into? Yes. Or are you just like tired of it? Oh, well, there's 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 two. Uh, there, on one thing, I don't argue on social media that much anymore. Right. Good like, for you. I need I, I need tips. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was there was it was funny because somebody even mentioned they were like, yeah, your your Facebook is not full of arguments like it used to be. I'm like, because I just block these people. I just you know, I even wrote an article that was in the AM New York mm. about um, blocking and unfriending is a form of self care. Yeah, you know, if you are um, if you are a member of an oppressed group, you know, the world itself 
is hard enough for you. So if you can tailor your online experience, why wouldn't you? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, you don't, you shouldn't bubble yourself off like that. But it's like, you know, you should be open to, to opposing opinions. But I was like, some things are opposing opinions and some things are just opposing facts. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not here for arguing my humanity. I'm not here for arguing facts with alternative facts. Like, I don't, you know, also maybe if your opinion was something like new and nuanced or something, I'm like, most of these. Give me a hot take. Yeah. All these things. A hot are, take on hatred. Give me a little. It's not I haven't heard before. They're all the same, you know? So it, I'm just like, no, I don't feel like arguing in that manner anymore. Yeah. And also, um, there's been plenty of studies, even just recently, that um, people take in information read a lot differently than information spoken. Mm. So um, I can type you out the most eloquent and articulate response, you know, but it just doesn't hit your brainwaves the same way. So I just choose not to do battle in that in that arena anymore is that because like in person like you, you're talking to another human and there's like a different uh, maybe like an empathy type connection where you're like yeah. oh like i'm talking to a human not just like a screen yeah i think that has something to do with it too and then there's that whole like too long didn't read thing like i don't as soon as your response goes past like two paragraphs i'm done with it you know like it doesn't kind of kind of don't have the attention span to 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 read your rebuttal like that right. and and yeah there is a there is a difference to to being in in people's face or you know maybe not in their face but in 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 person and um one thing that i i've i found when I, you know you go to i go to a lot of these sort of anti-racist workshops and and conferences and things and um one of the questions posed was uh you know when you got quote unquote woke when you got, you know, socially active, what was the thing that did it, right? And they go went around the room and everyone was like, you know, I seen, uh, you know, I seen an event happen or this happened to me. No one said that they, you know, they seen a graph or a chart or they seen a statistic, you know? So, um, the, and the reason why I, I don't have much hope for a lot of white people is that there are a lot of white people who do not come in contact with anybody who looks differently or acts differently or or is from a different background from them days weeks months at a time that happens here in new york i yeah. asked i asked um one time at a show i said when was the last time you talked to a black person like talked to a black person not just like you know your, your ordered your, food yeah, yeah not just ordered food or whatever and um the, the people's looks were like, oh. Some, some guy tried to sell me a CD on the yeah. street. Does that count? I don't know. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> so I, I think um, uh, it, it, it's going to be personal. And unfortunately, what I believe is going to have to change to uh, improve our, our current political and social standing is that white people are going to have to suffer. It's going to have to hurt for them, which is really, it's, which really sucks is because it's going to hurt for me and my people first, right. more and harder. Because of the initial backlash to that. Right. Uh, that, that shock to the system. We're like, wait, things are unfair sometimes? Right. So <laughs> yeah. I, th I think the, the only way that we're, it's going to have to get worse before it gets better. White people are going to have to be uncomfortable and they're going to have to be hurt by this. The the moment, you know, middle America realizes how damaging Trump has been, which which is unfortunate because we might, might not find out the, the full damage till years later. Yeah. You know, um, it'll be the next president or two, you know, before we figure out, you know, Obama's, you know, unemployment numbers are still going down, yeah. you know, and here's, here's Trump taking credit for that. So right. this is things that have started, you know, 
eight, nine years ago that are just now showing the positive effects now, and then Trump takes the, the credit for that. So the negative effects we might not feel till eight, nine, ten years later. So arguably like the the progression in like LGBT rights and yeah. and you know with race and th- things like that you know that's all from when Obama started it certainly wasn't like a carryover from Bush years. Yeah, exactly. You know? So yeah, exactly. And that's 8 9 years ago at this point. Yeah. So uh and we you know we're just now um and and, and my my partner She's so fucking smart, and I hope she's listening. But, uh, <laughs> but your, your partner, she's really fucking yeah. smart, and uh, she was the one who told me that for every social uh, sort of advance, there is an equal sort of backlash. And so she she was calling the Trump presidency from the moment he, from the moment he announced his uh, his his candidacy, and I was just like, no way, no right? way. I no took way. a bet the 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 day before. We don't, if we get into a war between now and twenty twenty. He's in. He's in for the next at least next four years because we've never switched presidents in the middle of a war. Mm. Even when the war is going bad, we just don't want to switch drivers. Mm. You know, um, I think he's here to stay. If we don't get him out this year, he's here to stay. And uh, and, and and you and your your fiance are both queer folk. And I mean, does that ter- like how does that terrify you, if at all? I assume. I just assume at this point. Everyone's just terrified. Yeah, everyone's I'm, a, I'm this and I'm terrified. Everyone's a different level of terrified. I think if you're not scared on some level, then you you uh, not that you're not paying attention, but you're on the wrong side. Mm. Um, and as a member of several oppressed groups, I'm I'm black. I'm queer. I'm a woman. A lot of cards um, in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. This is my month right now. It's Black History Month, and then next month it's Women's Month, and then I get get Gay Pride Month. I get all sorts of months. You yeah. know. Um, if we count my ADHD, then I can get Disability Month too. Uh, <laughs> but just being a member of multiple oppressed groups, it uh, on one hand it's very frightening, but you uh, you channel that fear. You know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Elsa, what do we? You know, what do we do or whatever?" You find an issue or two, and you you work on it because all oppression is inter you know interlocked is intersectional. So if you're working on an issue for you know Black Lives, Black Lives Matter, then that's an issue that affects the fight for fifteen. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The fight for fifteen is something that you know directly impacts capitalism if that's your thing you know what i'm saying women get paid less black women get paid even less than that you know uh, spanish women get paid even less than that mm. so you know, all these sort of struggles are all interlocked if you're worried about you know the environment well then black people are, typically live in the most unhealthiest environments yeah. so you know all inter all oppression is is interlocked so, so take a couple things to put your focus things in and put your focus in there so so i shouldn't feel bad that like i don't i'm not going uh i'm not on every issue right no you know you like should. like israel palestine i don't know i, I don't yeah, you know you know what i'll i'll be i'll be the first to say i don't quite understand what's going over there i mean free palestine right because i don't like oppression i mean my my opinion on it is like the opinion of the last person who talked to me about it because i just i don't know <laughs> it's just it's not that i don't care it's just it's so low on my list of priorities right. it's, it's a little harder to be focused on it when it feels a little further away yeah but then but if you focus on like okay here in america we occupy you know if you look at like standing rock right mm-hmm. that's a that's a very similar sort of occupation and a very similar sort of uh uh 
government force, police force. And so, again, Palestine stands with Standing Rock. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the interlocked. You know, if you're upset about the occupation in Palestine, then there are occupations here in America that you could work, right. toward, you know, work against. But even things like Standing Rock, like it was in these like random places where like that fell far away from me. Right. If, if Standing Rock was in Jersey, I'd be like, you know, it's a lot closer to home. <laughs> I should probably read up on this thing. Yeah. Well, what I tell people is just to work inside your sphere of influence. Yeah. You know, you have more power than you think you do. Mm. Um, and uh, again, I, I keep recognizing that over and over when I, you know, on my social media and out and about, people recognize me. I'm like, they're like, hey, it's Elsa, just Elsa, you know. Well, Twitter. you've been on like the cover, like the New York Post and handcuffed yeah. so many times. At the- <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's that, that picture made it around the world, actually. Some, my friend was in, um, in the UK and she was like, I'm reading UK GQ. <laughs> yeah, and the picture is in UKGQ, so uh, it's the same exact picture that was on the front of the post. So I have a copy of UKGQ yeah. now at the house with that picture in it. Uh, what what upset me the most about that picture is that under underneath, and, and just says, if you want to describe the picture, oh, just yeah. in case people don't know this, yeah, 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 it's, I'll, I'll put uh, a link in the show notes for it. It's uh, it's a picture of me on the on the front of the post, uh, and. Um, I'm being arrested. You can't quite tell, though. That's the thing that bothers me the most about the pictures. I'm being arrested, and uh, I'm 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 yelling. And in the bottom of the picture, the headline says "Fury," right? Like, but really, actually, there's a cop just outside the uh, the the clip uh, where they cropped it or whatever that's actually twisting my handcuffs. Yeah. So it's actually more like anguish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then the cop that is in the photo, he's just like touching my chest uh. so it looks like i'm losing my mind because this cop is like touching my chest right, right? like um and but, but then, it's still a powerful photo because yeah. i didn't even notice any of that so i just saw i mean maybe i was biased because like well I, I i know elsa and then i'm, I'm seeing you in such pain yeah uh but then this also happens the uh, this this march this particular march also happens the the night of or the day of like later on that evening was the uh uh the texas sniper uh-huh. The, da- the Dallas sniper who was shooting, who was shooting the cops out of the the parking garage or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so I'm in jail that night, and um, they've got the TV on, and we're all watching that. And I'm like, oh, this is no good for me tomorrow morning in court. Like, <laughs> so so then in the morning, my friends, you know, and I'm getting, you know, I got to go to court, and they sentence me or whatever. And when I get out, my friend has the newspaper for me. When you flip it on the front, it's got me fury and then on the other side it's got the uh the dallas sniper story and then it says war on police so if you're not really paying attention <laughs> it looks like i me myself singularly are starting a war with the police so Ugh. yeah it's, it's it's a really it's a really crazy spread well your fiance is also super activisty, right yeah is that a thing where it's like you know like couples that march together stay together pretty much our second date was a protest <laughs> like, how did you two meet uh, I I showed up at her at her door on Thanksgiving because of protesting. Uh, this is my very my very first protest arrest. Uh, was at the Eric Garner and Mike Brown non indictment protest mm-hmm. where New York was sort of erupting in 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 protests like nightly for like a month. 
there was protests all over the city for like a month. And I was in um, my very first protest. It was uh, just marching with everyone else. Uh, I, I got arrested. And my very first protest, my picture again goes viral, right? For the first time. So that was the yeah. first time I was all over the newspapers. And what they did was they posted, they printed my name, my ad, uh, address, my name, my neighborhood, and my age. Now, they got my neighborhood wrong, but they got my roommate's neighborhood right. Mm-hmm. And we lived together. So we were both, you know, we were very new to activism or whatever. And I didn't know who might be, you know, wanting to harm me. So this was a couple of days before Thanksgiving. I just holed up in the house, you know, and um, a lot of my friends were sending me money. Some people thought, thought I was still in jail. So people were right. sending me money. And, right. And um, money was coming in for days. And like Thanksgiving showed up and I realized I hadn't even went and got groceries. So I just, you know, if it, you guys, I'm good with money. Please stop. <laughs> Please stop sending money. Send a turkey. Like, you know, <laughs> send like, a turkey. As is, if anybody knows where me and my roommate can get a Thanksgiving dinner, I've been too, too afraid to come out of the house mm. to buy groceries. Right. And uh, so they, uh, a couple of people sit, you know, sent me some places I could go for, for dinner. And a friend linked me with my girlfriend's roommate. And they were like, yeah, we're having a dinner for strays. We've got uh, non-vegan and vegan options. Come on over. And so when I got there, uh, Heather was there. And we didn't realize we were flirting with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, But we were. And then I seen her again about a week or so later at a protest that I was leading that night. And it was like a couple thousand people. And I just I was riding this big guy's shoulders and she come up next to me or something and I almost wanted to stop like stop the revolution. I want to talk to this girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh so she got to it was kind of cool. She got to see me in action, you know. And she's was, like, I'm talking to the protest leader. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she invited me back for Christmas. So I came back for Christmas, but I was super awkward about it so the, nothing happened then or whatever and then she messaged me back and um i thought i made too much of a fool of myself so i kind of didn't respond back right away had an awful new year's eve date like okay. just the worst like if i wasn't so anti-police whatever the bar even offered to call the cops on my date what like, what was uh, what happened with the date i was having a new year's eve show mm-hmm. to to benefit the movement mm-hmm. right and everybody on the show was somehow way, shape, or form connected to the movement. Um, and one of the comedians, shout out to to Evan Jones, oh, yeah, uh, Evan he Jones. had got he had got arrested a couple of weeks prior, and wound up doing a set in jail for every. I remember pro- hearing about that. Right, and so I wanted <laughs> to have him on the show, you know, because I'm a firm believer that humor needs to be a part of the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had him on the show and the date that I had, she was, she showed up drunk. She showed up to the date drunk. She showed up to the date drunk and with someone else, like another, like, another friend. Okay. So not like another, like, uh, like, Hey, I'm bringing a third. Ha. No, no just like a friend, just a third person. So that was never all- do that group group first dates. Not a good first date. Yeah. Anytime all- some chick from Tinder's like, well, why don't you come out? We're hanging out with my friends. I'm like. I'm not trying to be creepy when I'm saying I want to get you alone. I'm just saying that yeah, I want never goes well. Yeah, I want a one-on-one date with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Save your friends for a couple dates in. Right. So she brought a friend. It was super weird. She was already drunk. And by the time Evan gets on stage, she she was like, I thought this was a show for black people. or whatever. <laughs> She was like heckling. But she was heckling everybody. Yeah. Right, that was the problem. She was already heckling everybody, and then she started heckling him, and uh, she's like 
threw something or whatever and the what? bar yeah the bar was like we're about to put her out like do you want us to call the i'm like no no just just let's just put her out and i just pretty much wound up ignoring her the rest of the day but in the morning i'm just it's new year's day and i'm just like contemplating my entire life and like what the fuck sort of decision did i make last night or whatever and i was like you know i think that other girl liked me yeah. <laughs> well yeah yeah that certainly is gonna make heather look great uh, right exactly so i was like i think that other girl liked me why don't i just call her or whatever so i'd I messaged her and we went on a date a couple of days later and we were already planning another date during that date. So it rest is history. We were we, I, I, the, the short form story of it is that we met on Thanksgiving friends by Christmas mm-hmm. dating by New Year's. So now she's now she's a, a, a white lady. Um, she is a white lady. <laughs> <laughs> In the midst of all this, was that ever like a thing that was on your mind? Just briefly being being in the movement with right. it, since since race was so a central part of what you were doing briefly what i have to tell people for one and um she's she's made me write more jokes about it mm. uh she's also a good like writing partner even though she's not a comedian at all but uh what i have to tell people is that i don't hate white people i hate whiteness mm. um and whiteness often entails exclusion um, and, uh, that's just not what I'm about, right? Like, I wouldn't want anyone to not date me simply because I'm black, right? Um, and also, uh, she's, uh, there's a difference between being non-racist and anti-racist. So a lot of, uh, people, white people will say, well, I'm not racist. That's fine, right? But what are you doing to, like, actively undo some of the racism that you still probably exhibit um and that's in your friend group or in your family or in the sphere of influence that you have you personally not being racist is fine but you know racism takes more it's it's more than an individual responsibility Mm -hmm. which is what um i think a lot of people have at least a lot of white people have decided well like you know i don't say the n-word or i don't do this or i don't i'm like yeah cool that's good but then there's also a lot more work you have to do there's know? like individual responsibility but then the next step would be individual accountability there like holding go. your other friends accountable exactly yeah. so and um th- what that would entail is actually for a lot of white people would be renouncing a lot of privilege it would be renouncing a lot of social standing um and so i do not expect a lot of white people to be up for that <laughs> sure right but what, what does that look like exactly i think we, we say things like renounce social standards like what, what do you mean by that uh white people like comfort right was what i was let me let me relax a little bit get super comfortable (laughs) white people like comfort and the thing with racism is that it is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. right and so um even when you know that your friend has said or did something that might be uh racist or just definitely is racist um white people have reported having to work up the courage to say something to their friend Mm -hmm. because now if if i don't just laugh this off as a joke um well then now my friend is now uncomfortable with me because i said hey that's wrong yeah Right. And so that's more than just your friend. That's your social group. That might be your job. You know, if you have to say something to a coworker or a boss or a subordinate or something um, in your family, that might mean you don't get to talk to your rich aunt anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know, at least in Heather's case, she's not doing exactly what I mean. Her family is not um, her immediate family is not racist. Mm-hmm. But I, I did meet the racist aunt and the racist grandmother, yeah. who, of course, are very nice in front of your face. But the racism you know, is very subtle. It's just very right. sly. 
um, she does not have a close relationship with them anymore uh-huh. because of their you know racist tendencies. So you you um you have to be willing to cut people, places, and things out of your life. And I just I know that that's uncomfortable. I know having you know to come out as as queer that that lost me some some friends mm-hmm. um i don't you know i don't dress in a normal feminine way and so i'm sure that's cost me some jobs or some money you know um so but you have to be willing to lo- what are you willing to lose what are you willing to sacrifice for what is right and when you know once you really start to dig dig through some of that stuff that's not really what white people want to right. do I want to th- post the nice thing on Facebook. I don't really want to do the work. Right. And the same thing goes not just with racism. That goes for like people who like make, you know, the homophobic jokes. It yes. goes for uh, that's a toxic masculinity. I yeah. mean, I think uh, men in, in the same exact way have the, the same problem on, I think, uh, the same scale mm-hmm. as, as as the racism mm-hmm. argument you just said. Because we have to be willing to call each other out. I think that's something that we're hearing in the comedy world. Yeah. Uh, comic, like, dude comics been well, being... Willing to tell another dude comments like, yeah, nah, dude. That's yeah. not, not really it's, great. It's, it's one thing in the abstract to say that this is wrong, but when it comes time to put the rubber to the road, that's when the consequences and the uncomfortability mm-hmm. comes in. And, you know, but that's what it's going to have to take. Yeah. I often tell people that white people, I mean, you know, black people didn't create uh, our situation. So it's not really on us to undo the situation, mm-hmm. right? If it, it wasn't our choice to, 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 to come to America and be slaves. It wasn't our choice to earn, you know, uh, a, a fourth less, you know, three fourths less than a white person. It's not our choice to live in, you know, poisonous conditions. We don't choose that. Um, so it is our responsibility to resist. You know, it's women's responsibility to look out for each other and to speak up. But it, we did not create these, you know, these institutions. We did mm-hmm. not create these conditions for us. So it's going to take the people in power. You know, um, uh, 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 I believe it was Angela Davis or Asada Shakur. I can't quite remember who said it, but the master will not give you the tools to undo his house. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, if, you know, if we keep waiting around for for the men in our lives or for the, the white people in our lives or the straight people or whatever oppressed group you belong to, if you if you're waiting for the oppressor to hand it to you, it's not going to happen that way. We're either going to have to take it by force or the uh, the 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 oppressor must stop oppressing. Yeah. Right. Which is often not in their best interest. No, not at all. So, um. <laughs> That's that's where I stand on that. There's lots of things that men can do to champion the women in their lives. It's if you think this opportunity is too good for you, then maybe pass it along, you know, and that's really hard for a certain, you know, for some people to do um, because it's a lot of it is an ego thing. And I think once we start to stop viewing um, it as, you know, viewing an us versus them sort of, and I say that to the oppressor, not to, sure. to the oppressed. But uh, we will all be a lot better for equality. White mm. supremacy hurts white people. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think white people understand that. But like, just I, I, I often point to segregation, right? Where it's like you had to have two schools 
And like, granted, one is less, you know, funded or, not, you know, not as nice as the you other one. You still have to make a whole nother thing. You had to make two buildings. You the to... amount of paperwork exactly. alone should be enough to make you be like, maybe we should rethink the segregation Right, thing. you had to have two water fountains. If, if, if I'm performing for an audience, you have to pay me once to perform for the white people and again for the black people, you know what I'm saying? And who like... does that benefit? The water fountain companies, okay? <laughs> Big water Big fountain. Water. <laughs> Big water is dividing us all. So. I say the same thing about, like say like slut shaming massaging with dudes i'll be like hey dudes who are mad you're not getting laid as much yeah if you stop telling chicks that they're dirty sluts yeah they might fuck you more exactly weird I mean, concept does that not make sense like hey like maybe be nice like <laughs> i'm big with like you know like i'm fine some people think like get mad at like dudes who quote unquote like use feminism to get laid yeah i say let's start there like yeah. if that's the motivation they need to like just get mo- get started, yeah. let's go with it. That gets them to a few like meetings, it- read a book. Like let's just start there. I'm sure it will take and catch yeah. on. Um, so I work for uh, Swipe It Forward right now. I do mm-hmm. I do work with Swipe It Forward, the Swipe It Forward movement. Which and swipe is- what is that? Swipe It Forward. It's um. It's in direct opposition to the NYPD's broken windows policing system, mm. which is, you know, um, if we can stop you from committing this small crime, then maybe we can stop you from committing a larger crime. So it's, the whole theory is, is if you see a, a building with a broken window, then there's actually more problems with this building because if they won't fix the broken window, there's more problems with the building. But right? maybe they just can't afford to fix the broken window. Well, so uh, swipe it forward. What it does is it's it's helping um, people get on the subway. You know, so the- oh, is that what it's called when I swipe people in? Yep. Oh, okay. That, exactly. I think I, I learned about that from like I think you and uh, and Allison Klemp. I think you yeah. two would like post a lot. I was like, oh, I because I didn't even know that was a thing. Exactly. I I lived here a decade, and for seven or eight years of that i thought when people were asking to swipe through i wasn't like supposed to right so there's a misinformation campaign right now by the nypd that you're not supposed to do that but we actually forced their hand in having to release a statement that as long as you are exiting the subway you can use your card to swipe other people right right, right. right? um but i I say all that to say is that it's a multi-level sort of uh campaign where on the surface yes it's a nice thing to do and it's uh it makes you feel good to help somebody out and you know it's just like a little like you know that's why we call it swipe it forward it's a little like pay it forward you know do a kind thing for someone right Mm -hmm. but when you peel back the other layers of it then you start to see how you know this is actually combating a a, a racist system where like you know 90 some 92 or 95 percent of those who are arrested for fair beating are black and brown Mm -hmm. whereas you just ask you ask just about any New Yorker, they've all jumped the turnstile, went around the turnstile or whatever. I'm i I'm terrified. I'm too much of a rules person. I'm yeah. a good boy. I don't You gotta like, break out of that. You I'm gotta kill like... the policeman in your head first. <laughs> but that and well yeah. that's the thing though. So you peel back the layers yeah. and so yeah, we, okay, cool. Get let's go to a feminist study thing just to check out the chicks, right? But then while you're in there, I hope you Ooh, get something Yeah. yeah. You gotta take a few things in. Take maybe, a few things yeah, in. Yeah, maybe start dating one who teaches you a thing or two. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, let's not put all the emotional and labor you know all the labor on the women you know uh, i often tell people like you know if you want to learn about black people read a book by a black person don't just start asking black people that's weird sure but but, uh, but from my perspective of having to try to do things like that whether uh i think i relate to that more and say like with queer spaces or or with misogyny Mm -hmm. 
reading the books only gets you so far. Yeah. It really is, unfortunately, like there is that like you have to yes. interact to see how real it is. Yeah. If there's ever a doubt in your mind, that's but that's, it's what it is. Right. It's it's uh, it's an all encompassing sort of yeah. thing. Like if you want to learn chemistry, of course you're going to read the chemistry book, but the then you need book, to do some. Chemistry. But then you need to go to the class, and then you need to do some chemistry. Yeah. You need to talk to chemists. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So like, yeah, you're gonna. Of course, you can hang around black people. You can hang around more women, but also like read some literature. Like you know, uh, uh, do something outside of your comfort zone. Mm. And uh, yeah, and the other thing that allies, and I don't like using allies because um, it could be a very passive term. What I what I'm looking for in this life is comrades. Com- you know, what I'm saying I like comrade, right? You know, and people, I won't. I also won't feel like such a uh, saying yeah. ally. Be like, oh, look how some of the ally yeah, I am. Exactly. Maybe like, hey, what's up, comrade? Okay, yeah. we're, we're Com- going to battle. Comrade gives people a little like, ooh, that's a little rushy. You know, it's a little <laughs> Russian or whatever. It's, it's a little, uh, it's a little socialist. But yeah, sure. Sure. Yes, sure. It is a little socialist. Yeah. But uh, comrade is a more of a active term. And, I, okay. and I, I prefer comrade. But one of the things that I that I tell uh, allies is that you're going to get it wrong. Mm. What you do when you get it wrong after you get it wrong is what's really important. Because and I've seen this so many times where white people come into the movement or whatever, and they say or they do something wrong. And um, they, they get a critique, maybe gentle, maybe not. Mm. And then now they're done. You know, or same thing with with men and 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 trying to you know uh, be more feminist. You know, they say or they do something wrong, they're called out on it, and then it's like, well, fuck it, crazy feminists, right? right. And it's like, well, no, you need to. Okay, not everybody's going to be able to correct you in the nicest way. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are just super fed up with shit. So when you fuck sure. up, they're on. They're already. They're all. Their tank is already empty. And it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily make them right to attack. Right. But also, like you can understand why. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I had a I had a guy in my my therapy uh, my, my therapy who said that the 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 women in his other group therapy all sort of snapped off on him, and he just sort of had to sit there and take it. And when he left, you know, he was obviously upset about it that everybody you know bugged on him like that. But he was like, you know, they did have a point. And we're all in group therapy, so they do have trauma in their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So while the volume and the and the in the in the the temper was not what I needed, the message was still there. And if I can give everyone a recommendation when uh, when someone gives you that a critique, sleep on your tweet response. Yeah. So take it, learn from Billy's huge monstrous mistakes. Don't tweet back right away. Think about Think it. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe try to figure out what they're saying. And and here's the thing. Once you realize you were wrong, if you were actually wrong, then you make amends. Yeah. Just apologizing for it is 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 not enough. You have to then figure out what you have to do to make it right, which mm. sometimes is corrected behavior. Do it differently the next time. It's sometimes you fuck. Sometimes you might have to come out of pocket. Like there's also you have to figure out. You know, I've I've been to AA a million times. Making amends is not something that you get to choose. Sure, you know. Um, and uh, then the best apology is corrected behavior. One of the things that bothers me so much about this um about the Me Too movement right now uh-huh. is that when these guys get caught, none of them are making like a sincere apology, even when they, they're making apologies. Who do you, you think's know? done the best apology so far? If we were having like Me Too awards. Who's got the, who's got the <laughs> best? Not that they deserve a pat on the back for having a great apology. I say this as more like who's setting close to the better examples. <sighs> I think I think Louis C.K.'s was almost there. Agreed. Yeah. It was almost there. He did it. focus too much on himself, you know. There was like about three, four times when he kept talking about like his own 
greatness or whatever. Uh, and it was it was my power and my privilege that made me think that this was okay. Right? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was just the amount of feedback he got about it being a power dynamic that he right. was almost trying to emphasize, like, the, no, I recognize there's a power dynamic right. and it comes off as like, look, but look then at me. at the end, the, the, the part that bothered me the most was that he's like, I'm going to disappear and take time to reflect, right? And it's like, no, no. Disappearing is the easy thing to do. Mm. Are you going to go to a class? You know, are you going to go to some sort of therapy? Like, what are you going to do to sh- prove to us that you really are making amends? You know, because just saying sorry and I'll, and I'll go away now yeah. is it's almost there, but not really. You know, the, some of my best apologies that people have given me is like, you know, after this happened, I decided to do this. Huh? You know, and it's a concrete thing. Um, there's a uh, there's a thing right now called safety pin box. Okay. It came out when the whole safety pin movement became a thing, right? And what I what I hated about the safety pin movement I remember, was right. I remember watching you post about safety. What pins. I hated about the safety pin movement is that it again still puts the 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 most of the effort on the oppressed person. I have to look for the person wearing a safety pin and then ask you to help me, uh-huh. right? Um, and so that, that still puts more pressure on the oppressed person. So in response to that, um, a group of black women came up with this thing called the safety pin box. It was even featured, I think, on, um, on, uh, the Daily Show. But the safety pin box is a box that you get every month that you pay for, that white people pay for, and it gives you concrete, measurable steps on the way to becoming a better ally. Books to read, classes to go to, things you can do when you're, you know, give money to somebody. It's like a blue apron for being an ally. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best, yeah. And, and, you know, if if you're feeling some sort of white guilt, like, don't just walk around with that white guilt. Like, do a thing. Yeah. you know um so if you're if you if if you're a guy and you feel like ooh maybe the ways in the past that I cuz you know what I'll be the first one to say that I've had um misogynistic behavior chauvinistic behavior in my past mm. I've um in my you in my, you are a studly gal yes <laughs> in my in my quest to I don't know, uh, assert my masculinity you know I I was toxic for a time mm-hmm. mimicking the men around me um, and it, it, it took me understanding that, ooh, this hurts people. This hurts people that I claim to like. And then doing things to undo that, you know? So nowadays I see, I see shitty shit. I step, I was just at the, at a bar last night and these two gay guys are like right up in each other's faces and they're yelling at each other. And the one guy like grabs the other guy by the lapel. And most people, by the, of course, by the lapel, by the lapel, <laughs> you know, because they're, they are very fancy men. Um, and I was like, oh no, don't crush his silk. But uh <laughs> But also it's like, you know, active bystander. Mm-hmm. I'm not just, you know, in my past, and then I I know in my past and in other people, you're like, oh, I don't that don't involve me, turn away or whatever. But that's exactly how people get hurt, you mm-hmm. know? And so I I looked at another person, like, hey, we're gonna do something about this. We gave each other like a little nonverbal nod or whatever, and we just both went up on each side, like, hey, let's dance over here. Yeah, and just intervene, you know. But it, it in the past, I would have let that go, mm. and and I, somebody might might have gotten hurt, and you know they wound up arguing again later on in the evening. But it was calm, it was chill, yeah. it was a lot chiller than them grabbing up on each other, you know. So how, how old are you? Uh oh, I'm almost thirty. I'll almost thirty. Okay. I'll be thirty soon. <laughs> what? Uh, you said you said like exhibit toxic masculinity uh-huh. a little more. What would that look like? 
Because when when you say toxic masculinity, uh, if I said I've you know exhibited toxic masculinity, yeah. you've got the those se- those movie scenes already in your head. Um, um, but you don't hear that from from women or from from queer women as often, you, right? It's it's a it's a well kept secret. Yeah, well kept. It's a well kept secret. <laughs> there are just as just as many um, queer women and and gay men are, are problematic as well, um, be, uh, because I don't think the problem is uh sexuality as much as it is gender uh and our socialized upbringing but i would um i would badger women you know for for sex or sexual favors even after they've said no you know like um i mean never anything physical but like i'm blowing up your phone a lot i'm Mm -hmm. i'm showing up in places where you know you've already made it clear you don't want me to be at you know um um a lot of disregarding people's feelings after I got what I wanted, yeah. you know, um, uh, a lot of lying and not being open and, um, risky behaviors, you know, like I'm never, I'm, I never like drugged anyone's drink, but I did encourage women to drink more in effort, you know, in, in hopes that it would loosen you up for sex when you've made it clear that you don't want to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've, uh, it's that coercive sort of thing that um, that Aziz uh, ran into, and we talked about this on, on on my podcast. Where it's like, I think what we're what we're trying to understand right now, especially in in the wake of Aziz, is that these behaviors lie on a spectrum, right? Do I think Aziz is a monster rapist or whatever? No, but what he the things that he did were coercive and pressuring Mm -hmm. and i um and while she you know might have consented to this thing but not that thing or you know i'll go this far but not that far you know he was constantly testing her boundaries and pushing and you know nothing that we can call the cops for but uh, you know not comfortable not considering the other person enough and that lies on a spectrum it's on the you know there's coercion maybe on one end and then you know physical all-out rape on the other Mm -hmm. end but these all these things are toxic you know and they all line up on a on a spectrum so um i think one of the what i hope one of the goals of this me too movement is to sort of you know define this spectrum a little more Mm -hmm. and that there are some things that are criminal and then there are some things that are uh not but they're all bad yeah they're all (laughs) shitty yeah but you know, not everything that's shitty is rapist. Like not right. everything gets rounded up to that. But it doesn't mean they're off the hook. Right. Exactly. When did you realize what you were doing was shitty, dude-like behavior? Um, I I realized it was so much more work for me to have sex sometimes. You mm. know, and I'm like, that's another thing. Like I don't quite understand. Is like once I realize, like I'm working so hard. <laughs> To fuck this person. To fuck this person when I could just fuck someone who likes me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it was, it was really sort of, and then to hear from other women, you know, like, hey, I didn't really like our encounter, mm-hmm. you know? So you got the Aziz text of, hey, like, I didn't like what happened last night. Right. And you didn't rape me, but I didn't like what happened. Yeah. And and knowing how some of the men in, in my life had treated me and how, you know, the ways that I had felt after some of these uncomfortable encounters or whatever, you know, I haven't always been okay. been gay. I've, I had, you know, as most gay people have a time of bisexuality, but mm-hmm. um, uh, just knowing how some of the, the men in my life made me feel and how I 
didn't care for it and how it left a bad taste in my mouth or how I view this, um, this man differently now. Um, and then to think that other people are, might be thinking that about me, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh no, I don't, that's not what I want, you know? Um, and then, and especially as a woman, that's not what I want. So, um, I'd say right before I moved to New York, I've been, I've lived in New York on and off my entire life because my family is here. But, um, when I, I moved here permanently about five years ago and, um, I says, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my old, say, old self in Virginia mm. and, you know, start off new. And I knew that New York was sort of a hotbed for radical thinking, you know, radical black thinking, radical queer thinking, and and radical you know feminism or whatever. So I says uh, the more I learn about these things, even when I was still in Virginia, the more I learn about these things, the more they seem to sort of line up with what I want or the things I want to see in the world or whatever. And then I looked at my behavior and I realized the way I act does not line up with the things that I want. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and how could I say I want? Um, freedom and liberation when i have not liberated myself these are oppressive thought patterns these are oppressive behaviors that hurt other people and hurt me Hmm. um and like i said white supremacy hurts white people um toxic masculinity is toxic to men you know first and foremost you know you're not you don't get to um express your full range of emotions you don't get to be free you know we miss um, out on that whole crying thing you miss out on the whole crying thing i'm a big fan of uh and and you're not i'm allowed not allowed to yeah well you you are you should challenge that you know um but but yeah so i just realized that all these things are oppressive to me first and foremost mm-hmm. so I, I says when i got to new york i'm going to dive into radical communities and the first thing you start to change is your own thinking you know um and so then then the behaviors follow and then um after after you get change your thinking and you change your behaviors you attract the type of people that you want mm mm-hmm. mhm so, um, and now, you know, me and, um, uh, I'm, I'm practicing radical love for people, even when, even when I don't agree with you, even when I don't like you, you know, it's just like the whole, like, you know, you'd be blessed. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. Kill with them you. with kindness. Yeah, not, yeah. And, and, um, that's like one of my roles almost sometimes when I go out and protest is I like, I like to do the joke brigade where you, you just joke all the police and you fry them or whatever. And it's like, look, your hat doesn't even fit or like. <laughs> 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 that takes balls to do. Yeah. That takes what's is it spoons? Is that what I'm supposed to switch spoons? to? I think someone said uh uh some people like to use tubes. I say gonads. You like gonads? Yeah, because women and men both have gonads. Oh, Those right, are, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Takes the takes the nads. Um takes the nads. Yeah, I, I like to joke the police and then also when like, you know, um when typically white bystanders want to come up and yell at us, I'm like, hey, come here, come here, talk to me. Yeah. Let's wait. Don't yell. Talk to me, yeah. right? Like, say yeah. your hate stuff, but like, let's be at this voice yeah, register right talk. here. Yeah. yeah, let's talk. And um, uh, let's be a viral YouTube video of like two opposite sides having a peaceful debate. Yeah, I um, I have a video. <laughs> um, for a moment, uh, a friend of mine was um making a documentary on me um for her master's mm-hmm. in um, documentary filmmaking, and so there's about a thirty minute film about me that we're we're still working on. But um, in the in, in the video, this we're we're doing a, a thing about Eric Garner, and we're at grand central and this guy comes up out of nowhere and he's like that guy's a criminal he's a criminal i was like hold on come here talk to me yeah i says why do you think eric garner's a criminal he was like he was breaking the law i was like what law right and he was like he was selling cigarettes i was like would you would it surprise you to know that the police found no cigarettes on him Hmm. right and he was like well 
He's like, black people are 600% more violent. I was like, come on, man. You know that's not a real number, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, if it was a real number, why am I not like ripping your face off right now? Like, come on, man. You know, I, I hit him with some some facts and, you know, talk to him and, and you know, change my tone. Because normally this would be a person I would, I would just walk up and punch you. You right. know what I'm saying? Fuck it. You know, no, no more conversation. You can't come. We're, we're doing a silent visual. And you want to come yell yeah. at the silent visual. Fuck you. I'm going to punch you. Right. But like, you know, also my pacifist ways are very new. So. <laughs> working on it still working on it i do i do right. feel a little punchy from time to time but you know you change your thinking you change your behavior this man is uneducated on the facts is really what it is hmm. right he thinks he knows so he wants to come educate us on what he thinks he knows but he's 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 missing some facts here and so but then once i hit him with the facts or whatever namely ah, and he just runs off or whatever so yeah. you know but um in my in my previous past life i would have just went and punched him like you know so um it it i, I it's radical thinking is manifesting itself in my life and radical behavior and i think it's sort of um you know people ask me like how do you joke about these sort of things on on stage or whatever and this is um you know but at at the core of it racism is silly right like i mean it's frightening it's scary it's it's angering it's hatred but at the end of the day it's really silly right like you don't think that's stupid to think that you think you're superior because you have a different skin color like simply just because like you know the the richest black man can still be inferior in a in the poorest white man's eyes Mm -hmm. right um that doesn't feel silly to some people <laughs> like so uh that's that's my philosophy i i have to talk about it on stage because if not then why the fuck do i have this microphone to you know to make cheese jokes you know like <laughs> <laughs> that's dope time for the fan whore appreciation moment what is up everybody yes this is the part of the podcast where i like to thank a few of the members of my fan whore community on patreon and if you don't know what patreon is it's kind of like a monthly fan club subscription meets kickstarter you choose how much money you want to pledge each month and depending on how much money you pledge you get various types of rewards and one of those includes a shout out here on the show so i want to say a big thank you to ray n who uh she sent me (laughs) she sent me a dm on instagram recently which was oh quite good she says so i had a dream about you last night uh she says So I had a dream you had a show near me, and in my dream you had a bodyguard. And I wrote you a note and gave it to him to give to you, and then the next day you showed up at my house where you then asked if I had ice cream. And I only had dairy-free, and you were pissed. But you gave a good hug. Ray, you are so right. If you only had dairy-free ice cream, I would have been furious. Uh, But I am so happy and thankful and grateful that you are supporting the podcast with your dollars Uh, also shout out to aiden m out in australia if you go to burning man and you see someone colored in neon lights riding a bicycle that just might be aiden thanks buddy for your generous support and shout out to amy who uh, seems to be at the center of our unofficial pittsburgh fan horror meetup crew that has organically formed which is super cool And you too can become a member for as little as $1 per month and help me uh, finance this this career of mine. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash manwhorepodcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash manwhorepodcast. Now, if you haven't already been like skipping through this whole little segment section, uh, we can just go ahead and get back to Elsa Waith. 
I do want to talk about before we finish up. I want to talk about uh, you did this shoot for them us. Yeah, uh, where you were quite glammed up. Uh, I know. I'm just like, is, is this a look Elsa does that like we never fucking see? What's yeah, that's that's they they purposely so them us. It's a, it's a new Condé Nast uh, publication. Condé yeah. Nast is all of your favorite magazines, all your favorite glossy <laughs> yeah. magazines. The, the Vogue, Teen Vogue, name it. Condé Nast has a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's an online publication. I don't think they're making a print publication for this but it's um for gender non-binary gender non-conforming and trans folk um i consider myself non-conforming um so that's why i use she her or they them um and um the shoot was about uh butch women Mm um women who aren't um trans transitioning where i'm like i'm you know a lot of people uh, will will sometimes use he him pronouns for me mm-hmm. and i understand that that's them trying to be uh they're considerate try- they're like jumping the gun on it right. without asking without us. asking yeah. right um uh so it was about you know women who live in this sort of gray area and for the longest time butch women were just butch women but you see a lot of more um you see a lot more people transitioning now because mm-hmm. that's an option um, and so because of that, you're seeing, um, some, some people say, I don't think so. And this was the point of the shoot was that butch women are disappearing and we're becoming a smaller segment of the queer community or whatever, because, um, more butch women are choosing to just transition into men. men. Yeah. Um, and where have all the butches gone was sort of the name of the shoot or whatever. Um, and it was, they asked us to bring your clothes. You know, I wasn't, uh, I, I wore this shirt that I'm actually mm-hmm. wearing right now. Um, and they were like, just dress how you would normally dress. So I had my like my ripped jeans and my shirt. They did my makeup, which was really nice. That was the part that stood out to me. I was just like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's Elsa wearing up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, yeah. I think I like makeup. Pull it off. Like, <laughs> pull it off. Yeah. Um, you know, and someone was someone in the comments because you know comments are fucking awful. But someone in the comments section of the video was like, why did they put makeup on these butches? That is that not antithetical? I'm like, no. Well, that's the whole point, point. is that we can present however we want yeah there are no more rules yeah and they didn't uh, someone said they look like they put lipstick on you i'm like no the guy just used a lip plumper so he used like a little cream uh, a little gel on my lips to sort of like smooth out the texture and and plump them up and which made them a little redder i was like no i actually like that actually like it was a good look i liked it Uh, and i just i wore my regular i wore that hat that I, i had right there and a hoodie and I, I wore what I normally wear, you know, and it was it was also really nice to be the only one that didn't have a suit. Yeah, there were a lot of suits, good suits. Like I've yeah. never worn suits that good uh, as those as those women were wearing. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot of I was I was happy to be the only one not wearing a suit or a blazer or anything because that's also another sort of um, pigeonhole that butch women get into. Like you must all want to wear suits, and you must you know you you must really want to be a man. And I'm like, eh, I just like to wear clothes. Like all my clothes are th- most of my clothes are thrifted. You know, I just yeah. I wear what fits and what I like. And some things I have are from the women's section, and some things I have are from the the husky boys section. <laughs> So um it was nice to be the only one not wearing a suit and give the um this again the spectrum of right. what butch women look like. Have you have you always uh like felt that way? Have you always kind of butched up like even when you were a kid or? Yeah, I mean my mom just recently apologized to me uh for making me wear girls clothes for so long. Mm. Um and once I sort of I was about maybe 13 14 when I really came to terms with like I am a lesbian. And um, my mom refused to buy me clothes out of the boys' section 
if she was going to pay for it, right? So uh, that made me do two things, which was like, I need to get a job now so I can buy my own clothes. But the other thing was we would buy, I would, I would pick out like jeans that are like a size or two too big so I could like mm. sag them a little bit, yeah. you know? Or if we're getting clothes out of the girls' section, I don't want pink, I don't want lace, I don't want frills, you know what I'm saying? So I'm getting the, maybe the most gender neutral of the women's section, you mm. know? Um, straight leg jeans. I don't want the bell cut, you know, the, the bell bottom cut or the, the, the skinny cut, you know, I want straight leg or baggy cut or whatever. So, um, I've always skewed towards, um, a more masculine presenting, um, sense of self. Um, I, I, I cut my hair when I first moved to New York, my hair was very short. I cut my hair like as soon as I could, my mom would give me money to go to the, the beauty salon or whatever. And every time I would go, I would have them cut my hair a little shorter, a little shorter, a little shorter. And then one day I was just like, just buzz it. Just, just take it all off. Do it. Yeah. My, and probably cheaper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I started growing dreads because I ran out of money for haircuts because mm. keeping a fade, you know, keeping a fade looking nice is expensive. You got to get your hair cut like every two weeks. And mm. I ran out of money for that. And then eventually just dreads started happening. So. Sure. How, <laughs> but, did, how did it feel? I, I've heard the, the phrase like experiencing gender um, yeah. a lot. And I, I don't have, I don't, you know, I don't get that as much obviously because of the way I grew up. So like when you were put in those like those girly clothes like what what's that feeling that feels off if there's it, a way to describe it It doesn't feel like me. Like I mean the way I try to experience explain it to men is it's like imagine having to wear high heels all the time, right? I so, did once for a photo shoot. Was, yeah. And not for nothing I did crush it. Uh <laughs> I bet you nailed did. it. <laughs> I'm sure you're quite graceful. <laughs> I walked a mile in the city literally in the shoes. And uh, didn't fall once. Yeah. W- woman holding the camera fell in flats. I was like, wow. what excuse you got? Look <laughs> at you. Coordinated and graceful as shit. But how so, was that day? <laughs> um, did it feel like you? It didn't feel like me. Here's the thing. While it doesn't aff- like necessarily affect how you move in the world, right? Yeah. Like I can do the same things in women's clothes that I can do in men's clothes. It's just like a feel. Like this doesn't yeah. feel right, you know? Um, and so, um, I remember for a birthday one time, my mom like made me put on a dress for my birthday. And while I had a really fun birthday, I just, I, I, the whole time it was in the back of my head, like, I don't like this dress. I don't like this dress. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I can't, like I can't sit the way I want to sit. Like, you know, I can't. I can't run, you know, so it, it felt very restrictive and constraining. Um, and I remember when I, when I cut my hair, uh, all off and I looked at myself in, in, in the mirror, I'm like, this is what I want to look like. It was like, it, it was like removing a mask suddenly and like, ah, there I am. Yeah. There, that's what I want. You know, when, when it, it's just that feeling of like putting on a, like a fresh outfit and knowing that, yes, this, this shirt fits me right, and these pants fit me right, and these shoes fit me good, and I've—you feel a little more confident as you walk out the house, you know. So it was just like this is—it felt like this is me, you know. I'm finally just now getting to a point where I feel like I—I I look the way I want to look, you know. Like I like my my hair um, in dreads now and long, and it's um, it's race affirming, and um, I like sort of living in this sort of gray area of you know male female. Uh, certain parts of me are very feminine and certain parts of me are definitely not. And, uh, uh, for a while I was definitely fighting away my femininity, but I've sort of, I'm, I'm a Gemini, so I've, I've found ways to bring my other half in. June 5th. 
Ah, May 31st. Okay. Yeah, We're like we right go. there. No. Yeah, Geminis make best friends with other Geminis, Dope. too. Yeah, I've got a I've got a Finn and Lil tattoo on my shoulder. And so that's like my, you know, my 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 masculine and feminine side. Yeah. They were the dirty, muddy twins, you know, always mm-hmm. making mud pies and eating worms and you know, it's favorite childhood cartoon and the the boy and girl side or whatever. So um yeah, I've I've really found a way to reconcile both halves of myself and um Everyone says that starts to happen around thirty, so yeah. I'm I'm excited for my thirties. That's dope. And and how did it feel to finally have mom just kind of out of the blue call you and apologize? Well, she, well, she didn't call me, but she's just now starting to to come around, and um, it I don't I don't feel like I have to like dance around certain parts of the conversation, mm. you know. Um, and it just it feels a little more at ease. Me and my mom have a very complicated relationship. Just besides for the whole gay thing, um, we're both sort of struggling alcoholics and things like that. So um, it, we had a very volatile. I had a very volatile teen years and um, young, you know, young adulthood. F- first moving out of my mom's house and stuff, but um, to at least know that she's somewhat made some peace with this because it's not changing. You know, it makes me feel good for her. You know, um, I think there was a time where she like blamed herself for, you know, um, not like, you know, this is a, a blaming sort of thing. But I know for a while, as parents sometimes do, they get upset with themselves or whatever. And then there's a whole church thing. My mom's very religious or whatever. But I, I feel like she's starting to let some of that go and come back around to me. We're working on our relationship. <laughs> well, also, that's great. That's awesome. Um, thanks for thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, thanks for coming by. I got a couple um, things I want to plug. Can I plug a thing? Oh no, no, do? yeah, that's what oh, I got. A whole little thing says plugs underline. Do all the things. Yeah, no, don't plug just a couple things. Plug all the plug things. All the what things. do you want? Okay. Where do you want them um, to find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elsa. Just Elsa. Please don't find me on Facebook. No, no, no. It's not just Elsa. It's yes. at Elsa, just, just Elsa. Elsa. I did not realize that was going to be difficult to say to people. You have to put in all three words. Otherwise, you're going to come up with Disney's Elsa. And that's oh, not, yeah. very so, different person. Yes, Elsa, just Elsa, all Way three less words. racial activism yeah, on the, that one. I have, I have a whole joke about uh, uh, children being introduced to me as Elsa and shattering their dreams. Uh <laughs> But yeah, find me on Twitter at Elsa Just Elsa, um, and then uh, me and and Heather's podcast is also on Twitter at Too Spicy Podcast Two, the number Spicy and Podcast Too Spicy Podcast, um, and then um, Affirmative Laughter is my monthly comedy show dedicated to diversity and hilarity. I have a diverse lineup every month, and then only one white guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Just to just to show people how awkward that is when yeah. you're the only black person the only woman or the wait only you're saying we got to compete for just one spot one on the spot, lineup one spot on a on a on a lineup the show's been damn it elsa <laughs> this is bullshit just just i'm just trying to keep things equal you know just trying to keep things equal uh the show the shows have been sold out packed out people have been uh waiting outside where's the show it's at the um it's at the queer center at the lgbt center in the city on 13th street the last friday of every month and then I'm also recording a half hour with my um with my West Coast counterpart Wanjiko. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to joke that me and Wanjiko are actually the same person. We just move really fast. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't tell. It's, one of us has hair and the other one doesn't. And uh, and uh, when and where is the uh, that's the also going to be at the LGBTQ Center in the city, 13th Street, 208 West 13th Street. Uh, that's uh, March 2nd. So it's uh back to back. It's gonna Fridays. be a cu- couple of days after this comes out. So if you hear awesome. it, 
go on out people yeah get out there it's it's um um we've well, i mean i can't say enough about wanjiko she's got a fire half hour mm. coming and um i think i do too <laughs> fantastic thanks again why don't you say goodbye to everybody uh, goodbye you guys well or next time see you see so, you next time see it's you not goodbye on, it's see you later see you later <laughs> see you're over on my podcast after you're done listening to this come on over to too spicy Ooh, Elsa, what a delight. Make sure you go follow her on the social medias. And if you live in the greater New York area, go check out her half-hour taping on March 2nd. I'll include include a link in the show notes. Also, if you live in the greater New York area, go to Cinekink on March 15th and check out V-Card the Film by Dylan Birdsall, my roommate. (laughs) And as always, I encourage y'all to follow me on the social media places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyPresita. A lot of you, I would argue most of you, don't follow me on Instagram. And I don't understand why not. Go like the Man Whore Podcast fan page on Facebook. Again, that is my Man Whore Podcast fan page, not Billy Presida the profile, because you will be denied. I appreciate the thought, but that is a private place for me. Uh, and if, if you do want to talk to me privately and you want to use more than like 140 or however many characters they give you on Twitter, shoot me an email. Love getting your comments, your questions, your titty pictures. You can send all of that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. You can also email me if you want to learn how you can assist the Manhorcon scholarship fund. Last and certainly not least, do become a member of my fan whore community on Patreon. Come join us in the Champagne Room, our super secret and exclusive Facebook group for patrons. Quite the community forming on there. It's really cool to see people connect with each other, and then they go on meet uh, meet up in person. Join up for as little as $1 over at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Boom! Man Whore Podcast. Not the boom. Don't type in boom. That's not part. That was just more an onomatopoeia, if anything. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Next week, we have got on porn star Ryan Driller. I'd be willing to wager some of you ladies know his work. But until next week, go fantasize about Ryan Driller. Go watch some people on Cam Soda using camsoda.com slash podcast. And as always... Stay slutty.